0: Greetings Hepcats. On this edition of Creativity Gurus, I speak with Ted Washington. Ted is a poet, a publisher, a musician, a fine artist. He, he does it all and he's having fun doing it. And it inspires me and I hope it inspires you to get out there and just create and to find other artists and to connect and network. Now there is a slight Technical difficulty with this episode, it's very subtle, but you sometimes may hear like an echo or a reverb on my voice. I wasn't able to get rid of it, so just ignore that. I apologize for the sound. I learned about Ted through the San Diego Union Tribune article. I'll make sure it's in the show notes so you can read that article. I'll also post all his social media slash YouTube, all that stuff, so you can find more out about Ted. If you like what you're hearing, please give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Write something nice. Follow me on Instagram at James underscore Ippolitti. Find me on TikTok at James Ippolitti. And without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Ted Washington on this edition of Creativity Gurus. My guest today is Ted Washington, a musician, playwright, visual artist, publisher, comic book creator, and poet. Ted, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking some time out to speak with me.
1: Thank you, James, for inviting
0: me. Uh, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. So my first question is, when did you like, fall in love with art? Like, when did that begin?
1: Uh, I can't remember a time in my life where I didn't love art. Yeah. I, remember, I remember getting in trouble in grade school for drawing other classmates' artwork for <laughs> assignments.
0: Yeah. And you have a love of comics. Did that start at a young age as well?
1: That started also. I, I remember when my comic books got confiscated also oh, in grade no. school because I was reading comics in class.
0: Uh, <laughs> did they give them back at least?
1: Yeah, at All the right. end of the semester. Good,
0: good. Yeah, so um, um, what... I know you created your own comic Horned Dog, and tell me a little bit about that because you didn't just go like a traditional digital route. You do you did a little it turns in the literal lines of code. Yeah. And you go in and manipulate the lines of code.
2: Yep. I use a basic notepad program, which does all of this. So what the notepad program does, it interprets the picture as code because it is used as a text editor, right? So there's a couple programs you can use to do this either a notepad a text editor or a hex editor because they read the picture as data as just raw data.
0: So sorry. So you're going in to the code and so you would say like the hex code like this the the picture has certain colors and you would decide to change some of that code. So you're you're visualizing this but using letters and numbers and things to see the outcome.
2: Yeah, it's kind of. Have you ever seen The Matrix
0: before? I'm sure you have. I know I have. Yeah, great movie.
2: You you know when they're looking at the screen and they just see like bars of like just green letters and numbers. That's essentially what it looks like. But I've been doing this so long that I know what spot is what inside of a picture.
0: That is so cool. That is wild. So how did did you didn't start this way? Did you start traditionally? No. So actually, I'm traditionally trained as a photographer. I started shooting in
2: 2013 and I went to college for it. I have a bachelor's of fine arts with a concentration in photography and a minor in English. I wanted to be a journalist. But you see, the world, the way the world is set up is when you graduate, you then have to do a five or four year internship at a place that is unpaid. That is not something I wanted to do. And then I had a friend, Dan, he was, uh, building websites and, uh, yeah, he was building websites in New York and he was doing it freelance, but he was doing it full time. And I was like, Oh, can you teach me? And then he sent me some resources. And then I started, uh, coding HTML and while coding HTML, I put, uh, cause in HTML, you make your own web pages as you go. It's not like a preset, like, uh, like a template, like Squarespace or Wix. Right. So I was coding something, putting something in, and I went to put a pic I went to put a picture in and it kinda of distorted itself because I put it in wrong. And since then I was like, okay, well this is this is alright. Didn't didn't pay it any mind, just kinda like brush it to the side. And then I was watching a documentary called Saga of the Radiant Child. It's a documentary on Basquiat, his life and his work and stuff like that. And I remember I had no money, I was living in my parents' house. <laughs> And it was, like, a random Monday Monday or Tuesday, and I saw that on, like, randomly just channel surfing, and I had never heard of Bosco before. I had never envisioned art or anything like that. Right. And I saw his work, and I was like, I want to do that. I don't know yeah. how to do that because I can't draw, I can't paint, but I want to do that. And then my mind went back to, okay, well, you've done something similar to that because that's what his work looks like. It looks like analog glitch art. It's things are crossed out. Things are... Uh, yeah. Written over, drawn over, and then I saw that, and I was like, "I can do something like that. I can't do that exactly, but I'll do something like that." And then I started researching the process more, the different programs used, because glitch is not something that I made up; it's something that existed already.
0: Yeah, it's I already haven't heard of it. Form. Like, in, I understand the concept now that you're explaining manipulating the code, but and I have a very limited exposure to coding. And I know normally with a photograph, I know you could mess with colors and, the, you know, the size and thing. But how how do you manipulate? Like, what are you able to manipulate?
2: Uh, realistically, just create distortions in it. And then it's combining the photos to, like, stack these distortions. One of the ways I look at it is, and like, I know this is going to sound silly, but, like, I watch a lot of anime. Right. And one of my favorite animes is Fullmetal Alchemist, right? Okay. and in full Metal alchemist it's the principle of taking something combining two things that are not combined at all and breaking them down to their base elements and then rebuilding them as something else that's the principle of alchemy whether it be like real world metaphysical whatever or anime right so taking that principle of like taking this thing breaking it down to just like raw data manipulating it and then combining it with something
0: else to create something else like you can see like the thing that's behind me that's yeah, it's wild yeah and that was originally well how many photographs are involved in that uh two there's two in there mm-hmm. now are these photographs that you're finding or ones you're taking or a combination of that photography
2: so some of the stuff is based in photography whereas other stuff are free source images on the internet but i'm leaning more towards taking my own images just because like, as you get higher and higher, something that you don't want to be hit with is like, oh, you stole this from me. Right. So I'm leaning more towards taking my own images. I actually have a solo show in November <clears throat> at Mercer County Gallery, which is centered around analog photography and digital art. The title of the show is called Analog Surrealism.
0: Do you, when you were in school, did they uh, teach you analog photography?
2: Yes, I was traditionally trained on an analog camera, so, like, I remember, like, weeks, like, days, like, the day before an assignment was due, having to, like, sit in the dark room, because so we had 24-hour access to a dark room, okay. so I'd be there for, like, six hours at a time, cranking out an assignment, probably not the healthiest thing, and I won't know the side effects till I'm older, but, yeah, like, I've worked, I miss working in a dark room, but, unfortunately, I don't have access to, like, that space or those chemicals or anything like that, but... Yeah, just like manually printing out photographs, like to the point where you can't open a door because it'll ruin the paper. Oh, yeah. Like that, like, and then sitting there taking, using like six different rolls of film to get one picture that may be good that you could turn in for an assignment. So, but but they taught you that way, but you also shot digitally as well? Yes, my parents bought me a digital camera when I was still in college because I had an interest in photography.
0: Which camera did you get?
2: Uh, Canon Rebel T three was my right. very first like digital camera, I would say. But we shot with uh, we shot with Nikon's at school, mm-hmm. so it was a little bit of a learning curve. And then as we got better cameras, we shot with Canon's. They were still film cameras, right. but they were better,
0: newer. Let me say that. All right. So would you consider your art photography or something like you call it glitch art? Is that what we call it or is it photography? Like manipulated photography? I say glitch art. The
2: reason right. why I say glitch art and not just manipulated photography is because I feel like just manipulating photography is is more than that. To me. To me
0: anyway. Yeah, you know, they used to do what you're talking about, uh, They would do this in the dark room as well back in the day. Yeah, with burning Um, and spotting, and yeah, and making prints by just like taking different negatives and putting them together and doing all kinds of wild stuff like that. And so this is the same thing, but digital. Now, do you bring that into like onto an iPad and then go further with it, or you just are working from that program?
2: The Notepad program. A lot of the the base work is done in the Notepad program, but for things like uh, like if I want to up the colors on something, or if I want to physically change something that the Notepad program can't change, then I'll upload the picture in Photoshop, do what I have to do, and then put it back in the Notepad program. But all the like all the work lives in the Notepad program. It's so bad that when I bought a new MacBook, Notepad plus plus it's not compatible with MacBook, so I had to download Parallels
0: to yeah. use
2: this program that I use strictly on my mac and then i've gotten to the point now that where like i still use my old laptop to glitch everything and then i'll just send it over to my macbook to work that way That's crazy. So it's crazy it's become a process
0: <laughs> yeah see when i when you initially said this i thought you were just bringing stuff into like uh onto the ipad and and using like procreate to manipulate things i didn't know it was this deep this mm-hmm. is incredible um yeah. What got you into, like, prior to going to school, did you do anything creative prior to going to college? So
2: I am a poet as well. I've been performing since I was in about, like, eighth grade, but those weren't any good, so I don't have any footage of that. But, yeah, (laughs) so I've been doing poetry since I was in eighth grade, and my favorite poet is Edgar Allan Poe. I love Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, because you know I'm a I'm a very emo child at heart, I guess. Very <laughs> emotional, but yes, yeah, so I like Edgar Allan Poe. He reading his work got me started into poetry, and then I started writing, just like writing fiction and things like that. Uh, I was introduced to H.P. Lovecraft in eighth grade. Apparently, had some really really dark teachers in in middle school, but yeah, you know, Lovecraft they,
0: they... also has a history of racism with him too. Oh, I don't know yeah. if you know that, but uh, yeah. yeah
2: no he's he would not if he if I quoted him saying like he was an inspiration for me, he'd probably roll over in his grave he did not
0: but, right you know that,
2: that's a that's a whole other thing no that's but, yeah that's
0: a whole other thing between art and those people, but uh, yeah. I love I have everything I have lovecraft and my like if you saw the books in here, it's all I'm looking at it right now, the Cthulhu uh mythos tales and yeah um yeah so so that's interesting Does, do you see a connection between? Your poetry, your photography, your glitch art as far as subject? Honestly, no.
2: So really? my writing, yeah, it, they're all, <laughs> I'm, it's going to sound weird, but they're all separate parts of the person that I am. So with like the glitch art, it's more freeing because I can envision something and create it and then, you know, that that's a different part of my self that likes control because when doing Glitch Art, I can control what I make. I can control how it looks. I can control the colors. Gray, white, black, blue, whatever. I can control that 100%. Whereas poetry, poetry is more honest. Because poetry, I write about how I feel about things. Again, very emotional person. So I write about my thoughts, feelings, the way I look at the world, and things like that. My opinion. It matters to some people. Other people, it doesn't matter to. But it's a honest look at me is more emotional the way I, I guess I, I guess I would break it down as like it ego and superego that makes yeah, yeah, that
0: makes a lot of sense
2: <laughs> and then with uh with like the the science fiction writing the science fiction writing is more or less how everything looks inside of my head it's a very honest look as to like what you know the hamster in the wheel what the hamster looks like
0: right do you do you find one you spend more time with one than the other. Like, what do you feel Do you do more glitch art and then like the writing kind of when you have time or is it equal? So I've been writing
2: the longest I'm writing poetry, the longest then writing fiction, the second longest and then art is something that I've been doing for about four years.
0: All right. The art sounds a lot to me. Like if you, I don't know if you're a musician or not, but it definitely sounds to me like sampling. Um Yes. Yes. Because a lot of sampling is you're taking in something that's already out there and then manipulating it to create your own thing from it. Um it's almost like what you're doing is the glitch art sounds like sampling to me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, science fiction, does that play into any of the glitch art? Or is it just in the writing? It is strictly in the writing. Like with wow. the
2: with the with the art is more realistic. I like portrait work a lot as you can see, yeah. I like portrait work. I like people as my subject matter because I find people fascinating. But yeah, the and then in terms of the science fiction, it's more or less that gives me a level of freedom to express what the inside of my head looks like. Because there's a reason I like the animes that I like and the, the type of literature that I like to read because that is an expression of what the inside of that person's head looks like. So me and that person, we resonate with each other. We may not agree on political views, right? H.P. Lovecraft, but there's still that level of like, Oh cool. You're weird on the inside too. So am I.
0: Yeah. I think that's a lot of things. When we look at artists uh, throughout history, who, like you said, we might not agree on political views. And sadly, um, what we connect with is that we are all human and you'll read something from this gentleman and be like, yeah, yeah, I get that. And they, and it's sort of the stuff that's political is they just didn't, they were uneducated in that part of the world. Yeah. I guess, you know what I mean? Like yeah. to the point where they just didn't get it. They get a certain human element, but they didn't go far enough in yeah. their life to get past that other part. Um, so where do you see yourself five years from now, like what, what would be a great thing to happen five years from now for you? A promising
2: future would be, uh, (laughs) would be, I want to be in the MoMA at some point,
0: next five years. How many times have you been to the MoMA? Have you,
2: I've been, I've only been to the MoMA once. Yeah, me too. And I was in, I was in like, no, I was, uh, as it had been like when I just graduated
0: college. And what were your thoughts when you were in the MoMA? how do I get here? <laughs> how do I get what, in this what, space? so that's Yeah, the modern art. What is it that... Because, you know, the thing about the MoMA, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but and I hear it from a lot of people, there are certain people looking at the art and they yeah. are sort of angry that this thing is considered art. And, um, you know, you see certain pieces, like Mondrian or something, where it's just lines and... Um, glitch art, that type of thing, what is it that appeals to you when it comes to something that like modern art versus, you know, fine art, traditional art, uh, something that is realism. What's the appeal in, in the the modern version of art?
2: I think the surrealistic aspect, but not only the surrealistic aspect, just there's beauty and distortions. And that's, that's something beautiful. that I find so Everything is very cut, cultured, and manicured to be perfect in terms of art and in terms of just life in general. People curate their lives to fit a certain way or to fit a certain image. For me personally, and I'm I'm a I'm a proprietor of this. I do this as well. Right. Like I won't post something on the internet if it's not like perfect. But that's that's part of the culture that we live in. For the yeah. nuclear
0: chart is something that is very imperfect. And now a word from our sponsor. Have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. I'm so serious. Super easy. Let me explain. First, it's free. There are creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast from your phone or your computer. Mostly I'd use the computer, but I just did the phone and it was super easy. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And doing that yourself is a pain in the butt. So, so happy they do it for me. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need, all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get creative. Um, you mentioned Basquiat. Are there any other, um, someone like Jackson Pollock or anybody else that appeals to you?
2: Uh, to be honest, all my favorite artists are still living, and I know them all. Really? Yeah, one of my favorite artists, uh, her name is Brass Rabbit. She does documentary photography, and she does uh, surreal, dark surrealism, which I'm a fan of dark surrealism. Another one, uh, Tamara Torres, she's one of my mentors. She's made it the furthest out of any of the artists that I know inside of the city of Trenton. Like she's been literally all over the world. She's the, she's the mark, but like she does political work, but she does realistic work. She does photo collage. She does collage work as well. And she does photography too. I think her work's phenomenal. Uh, Addison Vincent was another one of my mentors. He, uh, he does surrealistic work too. I like surrealist, but uh, yeah. yeah, he does, I would say more like dark surrealism as well. And then Craig Showfed, he's a photographer and he does more like baseline photography stuff, not necessarily the photo manipulation stuff, but just like photography, colors, hues and things like that. So like all my favorite artists are still alive. And that is not taking away from the artists that have passed that aren't great. It's not wrong. Basquiat is still, he is amazing. Yeah. He's the highest selling artist of all time.
0: I mean, that's crazy,
2: which is cool. But I feel like you should celebrate people while they're alive.
0: I agree. And you just gave me a list of people I can try to get on my show.
2: <laughs> I'll give which you all their also, contact information.
0: So it sounds like you have a really, um, awesome community in Trenton there for mm-hmm. art. Um, where, where are you meeting these artists? So or? And all in person, I know them. So
2: Rash Rap is actually my best friend. So I know her <laughs> and the rest of them are just like mentors that I have or people that I've seen their work. And I'm like, how do I like what what can I learn from you? Because I was completely native to art. I started about three, four years ago, four or five years ago now, five years ago. Uh, I submitted a proposal. I was submitting a proposal around, but I didn't know what a proposal was. So I was just submitting like, hey, this is glitch art. Do you want to show it? That's That's all I did. <laughs> right. Because I didn't know any difference. I didn't know how the world how the art world worked. So as I'm submitting this around, I get I get told no, I get told no, I get told no, I get told no, I get told no. I had about ten rejection letters within the span of like a month. Wow. And I tell you, I was like, well, maybe it's not meant for me to do this. So then I remember Art All Night was coming up. Which, by the way, I recommend every artist submit to Art All Night. Great show.
0: Did they and do it last year?
2: Yes, they did. It was all virtual. They're doing it again this year. Virtual okay. As Are well. they doing
0: it virtual again this year?
2: hmm I'll send you the link when we finish. All right. Great. So I remember it was Art All Night. I was working at Nissan at the time. I was a car porter. So I was just, like, taking in cars and doing paperwork and stuff. I hated my job. And I just remember sitting outside and – my friend Zoe called me and he was like, hey, are you going to do art all night? You should do art all night. Because this is when like we were just getting in. I was just getting into art. So he looked something up for me. And he was like, hey, you should do art all night. And I was like, cool. I had no idea how I was going to do it. Then I was. Let's pause uh, for a
0: second because yeah. this is all over the world. So can we explain what art all night is to whoever is not from this area?
2: Gotcha. So art all night is a 24 hour art show that is hosted by Artworks in downtown Trent. What they do is you can submit one piece and you price it at whatever you want, whatever size you want, and then if it sells, it sells. If not, normally it was in person, which will probably switch back to next year once to, you know in the before times. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's a twenty four hour art show. That's really what it is. It's like it's like a telephone, but for art and better. Yeah,
0: it's it's a really really cool event. Now the, you you don't have to stay. You like all twenty four hours, but a lot of people do. Yeah,
2: yeah, I um, know. So I normally volunteer. So like, mm-hmm. I'll be. I I've done it twenty. I've done the twenty four hour things. So like I'll go there, help out all day, and just be there a full twenty four hours yeah. and sleep the whole next day. I'm, my body isn't built like that anymore. I'm old now. I can't do that no more. <laughs> but yeah, like so, art, art all night is just it's a it's a festival. It's a celebration of artists from anywhere you don't have to be from Trenton to submit you can be
0: anywhere in the world does it cost anything to submit nope Seriously. so so this is let's go back to your story so someone says you should try to do this
2: yep my friend Zo called me and said I should try to do this but I remember it was like the last day to submit and I asked my boss if I could leave early because mind you there was nothing there was no more cars coming in and it was like an mm-hmm. hour till we had to leave it was an hour to the deadline so I was like hey can I leave early to go do this and my boss said no and I just remember being frustrated. Right. I was like, I need to get out of here. Yeah. So then as I'm looking through, I'm, I'm on artworks website and I see there's a place you can submit proposals. And I submit a proposal to artworks like later that night, just on like a, all right. I, I looked up how I look up what a proposal was properly. Cause I was like, I'm doing something wrong. I got to figure it out. So all I'm right. watching YouTube video after YouTube video, reading documents, downloading templates, doing all this work. And then Somehow I create this Frankenstein hobble proposal with no resume at all. And I have like five pieces to my name. I have five pieces to my name and this Frankenstein proposal. And I submit that. And then I just forget about it. Right. And then about, Oh two, no, about a month later, I get an email from artworks that says like, Hey, this is really cool. We want to give you a show. And I got my first solo show to start my career. And then since then, I kind of just like just. So, yeah.
0: yeah, that's that's amazing. So for anybody listening who gets rejected multiple times, take a lesson here from Phil. <laughs> uh, keep going, because it's that next one that might be the Yes. You know, yeah. you never know. And uh, so what what kept you going, even though after 10 rejections?
2: If Artworks hadn't said yes, I would have stopped. Wow. I was, at, I was at that point. I just wasn't like, I, clearly this isn't meant for me. So I was going to like give it like the good old college try, maximum yeah. effort one more time. And yeah, if Artworks had said no, then we'd be having a different conversation. Yeah, but maybe. I, you don't I know. You I know what know. you say,
0: but I mean, if you got it in you, it'll, it it would have probably sat in the back of your head and you would maybe want it to try. You have a lot of uh, friends apparently who would have probably pushed you as well. Yeah. Um, So that's really good. What is the biggest obstacle now for you? Like trying to just continue with what you, with this glitch art and trying to push to get into MoMA. I'm not saying what's the obstacle to get to MoMA, but like in general, what do you feel like your obstacles are? Yeah. There's a conversation I have with Rabbit a lot about,
2: how to take something and then advance it further because like this stuff is cool but how do you advance yourself as an artist what does your next step look like right and that has been something that's very challenging for me because I I like what I do and like once I get in the groove of something I'm just kind of like in it but how do I advance what I'm doing how do I make what I'm doing better so that's something that has been challenging for me And I think the show in November is a will be a benchmark towards whatever comes next.
0: Are you working on pieces for that November show or you have stuff already selected?
2: So what I have to do is shoot everything analog, get the film developed, then convert that film to digital and then glitch everything together.
0: All right. Let me back up a second. Why are you shooting analog just because it's fun or because you Uh, could shoot these digital and skip that whole step?
2: I could, I could, but there's beauty in the process. Shooting something digital is having the ability to look at, to curate, manicure, see what I'm doing. Oh, I don't like that picture. Delete it. Shoot another one. Shooting analog, I don't have that ability. I got 24 shots. I got to shoot and then go look at it later. So it, eventually, it essentially makes me think more logically about what I'm shooting because it costs me money to do this. <laughs> So, I'm not just so like-
0: happy to hear you say that because I, I spent like a year doing analog photography and I had like put a dark room in my basement and did all this stuff. I mean, it just not really like dark room, but just shut the lights out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I used to tell everyone, and this is not a knock on digital photography at all, but there is exactly what you said that when you go out with 24 shots that you paid money for, and um, what do they call that? chimping when you're looking, keep looking down. They call that like, cause you keep looking up and down, up and down yeah. at the digital shots. You can't do that with photography. And, um, you have to pause and think really deeply about what you are about to take because that is one of 24 shots and it's going to exactly. cost you. A, nobody has that kind of money to spend and then developing it, bringing it in. But I will say, I shot digital, I shot analog. There is no greater feeling than being in that dark room and watching that picture come to life in, the, in uh-huh. the chemicals. And it's
2: exactly what you wanted it to be. It's like, oh, okay, I see why. I I like this.
0: It's magic. That is alchemy right there when you're doing yeah. that in that dark room. Oh, yeah, 100%. And then taking that and making it digital and then doing your glitching. I mean, it's, you know, I think. The world would be fascinated to watch your work behind the scenes. Like if you uh, posted it, um, your process—maybe yeah. not the whole thing of coding, but parts of it—I think a lot of people would be fascinated by watching that happen.
2: Yeah, I do show bits and pieces of it on my on my Instagram story when I am working on it, just to like to show people like this is what I'm doing, like it's not. Because sometimes when when I so I work full time at Apple. So when I get off of work, I have two days off a week. Right. And that means that my time is like very limited. So when I get off of work, I go home and I have to work. Yeah. So I'll stay up to like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning when I get the opportunity to. And I'll just work and then go to sleep, wake up, go to work, work on it on my lunch break, and then come home, rinse and repeat. And I'll keep doing this because I have I have to work ethic of a crazy person. <laughs> I do not recommend working like this at all. But it's something that works for me and my ADDH brain. It's yeah. something that it keeps me. It keeps me focused. It keeps me grounded. And I work better at night because there's less distractions. If there's distractions, I'm going to get distracted. I'm like
0: a, I'm like a, like a squirrel or a uh, goldfish. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Like that dog in Up. Yeah. When it sees a yeah, squirrel, it exactly. just, just squirrel. Squirrel. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> that is that is me. And that's why it's difficult for me to work during the day, especially when I'm at work and, like, people are like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Like, you see I have headphones on. You see I'm doing something. Doing something. Right. Yeah. But at night, at, like, around – I normally hit my stride around, like, 1130, 12 o'clock when there's, like – when social media is done because everybody's asleep. So even if I look at social media, it's the same stuff I've been seeing. Yeah. And – yeah, there's nothing, nothing on TV because I don't have cable. I stream everything, so there's discipline there. And then everybody
0: else is asleep, so nobody's texting me. So at that point, so, I'm just. Do you get into? Do you know what flow is? Have you ever yes. heard that? So, flow
1: state.
0: Uh, do, uh, yeah, the flow state. Do you? In what part of your process do you feel like you're more uh, apt to fall into flow state?
2: To be honest, like once I just start – so getting started is the hard part because I don't want to do it because I'll be like, okay, well, I can do other things right now. Right. And like, you know, there's this stuff over here. There's this game on my phone. And not to mention you worked 40
0: hours this week, you know.
2: Yeah, and not to mention I worked 40 40 hours this week and, you know, getting yelled at by people, by strangers (laughs) because for some reason people think that's okay. Uh, Yeah, so not to mention all those varying factors flow state is something that is easy for me to get into once i start working because like i'll get into a groove i'll put on some i listen to the same music all the time and it annoys people yeah so i listen to the same music so that way it's passively playing in the background so there's still stimulation there but it's not distracting stimulation because i've heard it a million times it's just right. it's this is back that's right what is it
0: by the way do you mind telling us what is the music you use to create glitch art
2: so it varies between so my friend rabbit she likes classical music a lot so i have a classical music playlist that i listen to okay but it's like dark like like super villain classical music orchestral music stuff like that and then there's uh there's this artist called xxx tentacion very 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 high energetic music and then it's either so it ranges between like classical music orchestral music high and high energetic aggressive music or like soft sad i'm gonna cry in my pillow at three o'clock in the morning music <laughs> it's there is no there is no order it is all chaos it is just yeah it's but, chaotic, but neutral. listening
0: those three different styles does that influence how you're determining to glitch this piece
2: Yes, it does. When I depending on what song is playing, it will change what I'm doing in that moment. It will change what colors I add and what things like that. And I like to keep it random. as part of the. I, I like. I don't want to say I like chaos because that that sounds crazy, but I like the randomness of it.
0: So no, that way, I, mean, I understand never, what you mean by it, right? I get it's it. It's never the um, same. Thing so twice. so let's. You're listening to your music, and so uh, tell me about the flow state. So when I'm in flow state, I'm just, there's blinders
2: on. And it just, have you ever, uh, so I have had
0: ADD my entire life. And ADD medicine does this. You can hear like more, more like of the inspiration when you're out there, when it's, you're in that moment, that silence. Does more come to you?
1: Um it's more like the the you know, the inconsequential stuff falls away. Mm, yeah. And the the real stuff sticks. When you start thinking about the the real things, they're they're right there. I remember once uh went to Death Valley with yeah. uh the horn player in my band, with Krista. And we're out there and it's 121 degrees. Damn. And we're like, hey, you know, you sprain your ankle, you're dead. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So pay attention. You're like, if you're walking, pay attention. Don't, don't, don't don't lose track and get lost in the surroundings.
0: (laughs) No, that's there's a reason it's called Death Valley.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Like any little thing here could kill you. Yeah. So you better, uh, you know, be here now. They tell you that stuff, and when you're there, like they mean it. Right. And it does. So it really changes the way you know, like you know, you talk about meditation right then and there every breath is a meditative moment mm-hmm. you don't have time to get distracted you have to be right where you are and aware of what you're doing because if you do something stupid you're dead yeah so um so that's why i like the desert it yeah. just gets rid of it gets rid of all the fluff
0: now you're you're really involved with a lot of creatives when it comes to writing and the music and everything. Why do you think it's important for the community to support the arts?
1: It could save someone's life. Save mine. Right. Um, you never know where you're going to, where you're gonna, It's so weird. Okay. I, I, I want to put this the right way. I think everyone can do art. I right. don't think art is outside of the capabilities of anyone the idea of self-expression is there for everyone. It's just a matter of how you do it. It can, be do, it can be how you put the food on the plate, how you prepare the food. It could be how you set up your room. Mm-hmm. It could be how you make your bed. It could be anything. It, 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 it's all around you. So I think the idea of creativity is there for everyone. Right. It's just a matter of what you want from it. And so I think the community should be supportive of it because it is really the backbone of your day-to-day existence. And it is what connect. It allows you to have the connectivity to everyone else around you. Um, I know that we basically have ours in our neighborhood, and it's really cool because people come and they 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 find their own voice. And so many times they don't they didn't even know they had their own voice. Right. And they didn't know that someone actually would listen to what they had to say on that level. And it just it's so empowering. Mm -hmm. And the same I think it's the same thing even for visual art. I I tell kids all the time and I say, hey, look, you know, the first thing you got to do when you're doing art is you have to be able to just accept yourself. If you can accept what you do on that page, you're going to be fine because even if you don't like it and you accepted it that I did it, you can get better because Mm -hmm. if it's not the last drawing you do, the next one will be better or different. And so on, and so on, and so on. You just keep going to where you try to get to where you want to get, what you want to get out of it. And I said it's what you want to get out of it, right? Because for the longest time, I didn't want to show my artwork. I didn't know if it was any good or not. I wasn't showing it to anyone. I wasn't seeking out that the answers from anyone else. It was other people that brought it came to me. And like I said, well, the girl said, "I want to buy that from you." Right. It was like, oh, boom, here we go. I, I know what I'm going to do.
0: Do you think it's and harder so, for? The younger generation having you know so much social media where they can see other artists and see someone who's well like they're so talented that they might feel like I can't do this because they're they're just saturated by it. so much. Um,
1: I, I don't yeah. know. I, I really, look, I was saturated by so much art, but I was never afraid. Like I read comic books, and I always thought, man, I'll never be able to draw like him. But I say like, I'm gonna try. <laughs> Right, right. I think think some of it is your own self-drive. And at the same time, I think it's also, as the community, being supportive. I know as an artist, when other artists reach out to me, I had this girl reach out to me from Germany about the pen and ink, about how do you get these blacks like this? And, And I completely told her how I did it. Right. I even sent her examples on how you do it, because I don't want the knowledge of how I did it to be a block. That's That's stupid. That's ridiculous. And so I think that if you see someone's work you really like, especially with social media, reach out. Mm -hmm. You'd be amazed. People are so willing to be helpful and share because they'll be amazed that you're actually amazed. They're like, what? You think this is great? Oh, I'll definitely tell you how I did it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I saw some videos of you doing your ink work, and it's actually very – I know it's soothing for you, but it was soothing to watch it as well. Uh with the q tip and the India ink and just putting in those dots and uh you know you've you've described what you what would be considered flow being in a flow state when you're doing that and is, that sounds like you just love that that's probably why is that why pen and ink is sort of your favorite main yeah. thing because you just get into that flow state
1: yeah it's a, the the pen and ink is a lot like the desert
0: <laughs> yeah wow, that's a great analogy
1: <laughs> I mean, when you're in the middle of it, you don't think you're ever going to get across it. And then when you get across it, you're sad. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm already yeah, out you, of
0: it. It's beautiful work. And, oh, that's what I wanted to ask you. Why are you shooting your model on film? What, Like, why not digital? What, what's going on there?
1: Ooh. Wow. Anyway, I still use film to this day. Oh, wow. Mm. I have used some digital images. So don't get me wrong. For for my, oh, uh, what am I looking for? For for reference. Mm-hmm. I have used some. Di- but I think sometimes the digital tells too much. and um, Interesting. And the film doesn't tell quite as much. And the film allows a lot more interpretation. Mm. You look at it. When you see what, when it's digital, it's really pixelated out and it's all right there. If you want to get in deeper, you can. You can just dive on in there and <laughs> blow it up and go as far as you want to. Right. With film, you there's a limit. You can only go in so far and then all of a sudden everything breaks down. And I think... I'm sure you can get to that point digitally. I know you had the one artist on your podcast who worked with digital in, in altering That's the code. That's right. Yeah, 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 Phil. And I was like, like to see, I can see, I listened to your podcast. I wanted he was you. working with the code. And I was just like, whoa, okay, that is how you would have to go to get to digital. Well, I can't code.
0: <laughs> so I, I saw him working and I was like, it was literally like he said, it's like watching someone in the Matrix. He's just looking at code and making manipulations. And it's just unbelievable work uh, that he does.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I, I can't code, so I yeah. won't be there. But I, can, <laughs> I, I, know, I know how to use film. And, yeah. uh, and, and I also like the way film reacts with high contrast with, you know, when you get the black blacks and the white whites. Film does weird stuff because film really wants to try to be, have a certain tonality. And when you start really pushing the edges of it, film does weird stuff.
0: And the other thing you said, which I found interesting, was you're not trying to be photorealistic, although they do look photorealistic, but you're you're allowing, I get guess, a part of you to get into that work by doing that. Is is so you're just trying to get that image across with the pen and well, the pen and ink, but you're not so concerned about having it perfect,
1: right? Right. Well you I I they're, well, that's what the photos. for. No, you know, it's it's almost like an interpretation. I mean, yeah. if you look at, if you got in close to some of the areas, you'd be like, how did you even do that? You know, it looks like a mess. Because if you do, if you zoom in on somewhere, the dots are it's just like, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And so it's all about how can I make these dots do this thing? It's really like, it's a, a self-control, control your medium kind of a thing. It's like, I want to make sure th- this is, this is why, like, I'm doing the abstract, a lot of the abstract stuff. Yeah, I want to make sure that when people see the abstract stuff, they know that oh, he can do reality as well. So they know that I'm not just messing around. I'm that 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 what you see is an intention. I intended it to happen like that. Yeah, it wasn't a mistake. Right. And so. So
0: who who are your influences? Do you have any in anything, music, art? Like, who who is it that like inspire you? Wow.
1: Uh, well, my friend Ron Moya, I have to bring him up right away. He was the first person to talk me into showing artwork, and his work is so incredible. And I have lots of friends, Angie Jones. I, I have lots of friends who are in the industry. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I have all these friends in the industry, George Davis. They're all incredible artists, and they're all better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and so, and so it's, it's great, you know, because I get to see their work, and I just go, oh, God, one day. And, uh, but, and as far as people from the past, like there's the artist Egon Shield, I love his work. Mm-hmm. His, his line work is just beyond, uh, Basquiat who I, you know, I love how the, the rapidity and how fast he could work, man. I don't even, I don't know how he did it.
0: Um, uh, he, yeah, who knows watching him work and seeing what he comes from. Like he, uh, he's, you can't even explain and it's sad the story's absolutely sad but uh what an amazing talent absolutely yeah
1: and so you know you know, so my influences come from all over the place i mean writing wise uh wow i don't even know where to begin with that writing wise william gibson but as far as poetry bukowski um right oh, i can't give him a name right now it's so weird man i read. i got stacks and stacks of books out there i've been reading
0: you mentioned um, gibson are you a sci-fi fan
1: I am a huge sci-fi fan.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Star Wars? Oh, I like Star Wars, Uh, all right. But I like other things as well. I like weird stuff. Yeah. I mean, like Blade Runner is like right up there on the top. Blade Runner, Alien. Like, I love the movie Alien. Oh, my God. And not for the reasons everyone else thinks about Alien. I love Alien because it brought actual real social issues to the future. Yeah. Like when Yafik Kodo and them were talking about their wages. Mm Mm-hmm in the bottom and they were talking they were, they were getting, like they thought they were getting shafted because they weren't getting enough cut of the, of the, of, you know, of the pie. And you're like, wow, look at that. They're going to have labor issues in the future.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Just wait till they, they colonize Mars. You think it's going to, it's going to be the corporations owning Mars.
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: it's going to be awful.
1: <laughs> so, so yeah. I mean, I mean, when you got billionaires in space, you know, you know the direction.
0: Exactly. They're going to all leave us and we'll be left on earth and, uh, They'll have their, you know,
1: satellites. It's like ring that poem World.
0: "Whitey on the Moon," right? Like it's,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like good. Ring World. You know, they yeah. all live in the they all live in the ring surrounding the planet. We'll be down uh, here, yeah,
0: absolutely. So, are you going to do another comic series, or are you going to continue with this one? And uh, well,
1: actually, the plan is to make some more to make some animated shorts. I've already okay. basically recorded the dialogue. And did the timing for the dialogue to start an animation. I basically I haven't done the storyboard, but I basically did the, the timing sheet so I know where everything has to do go. Is this gonna be horn dog animated? No, it's gonna okay. be some it's gonna be some poetry animated. I'm oh, gonna do interesting. I'm gonna do an animation to the poetry. Basically I love that. an interpret an interpretation of the poetry animated.
0: Now this will be available when you do it, like on your YouTube channel?
1: It will be on my YouTube channel. Which one
0: you have like two, I think.
1: I have the Puna Press YouTube channel and I have low tech Ted. Okay. And low tech Ted is just me.
0: Right, and we'll... if
1: you want to find anything that I've done, if you go low tech Ted and I got that sci-fi, I got that from William Gibson Yeah. because in Neuromancer, he had a gang called the low techs.
0: Yep. yep. Yeah. I love and Neuromancer. That,
1: and so I I and that's why I my stole shelf it right here. That's where I stole that name from L O T E K T E D. Mm-hmm. Low tech Ted. I stole it from William Gibson. So thanks William. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> his estate's going to come after you now
1: <laughs> yeah. oh, God, probably <laughs> that's the way things go right i mean horndog Horn Dog is drawn by if you look at the cover on horndog horndog is drawn by low-tech ted
0: nice <laughs> well it should be low-tech because that i mean that's
1: that it is entire the entire thing is low-tech, low-tech. Yeah. yeah
0: and even exactly. even your music if you're using the old korg electrode that's low-tech in this day oh, and yeah. age. It, well, was, yeah. it, was it was high-tech at was. one point in time.
1: Well, I like the way when you go look for it, they call it vintage.
0: I know. <laughs> you and, you and I are both I are vintage, old. sir.
1: Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh,
0: man. So, okay, where can people find you online?
1: Um, well, I'm, dude, I'm kind of like everywhere. You can go to just my webpage, which is Puna Press, which is my website, punapress.com. Uh, On YouTube, like I said, uh, low-tech Ted, L-O-T-E-K-T-E-D, Ted, uh, Puna Press on YouTube as well. Um, On Instagram, I'm Ted underscore Washington underscore art. And then also just low-tech Ted. And then also Puna underscore press. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm in all those places. All right, I'll make sure to
0: put that stuff in the show notes so people can find you.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, uh, man, this, I, I didn't know what we were going to talk about, but, you know, I love talking about creativity, so this is, oh, this is perfect.
0: Yeah, man, that's that's all I want to talk about. I was reading your article, and I was like, this guy, he thinks a lot like I do when it comes to just, you know, being that sort of, like, I love what you said, like, I don't even know what that means when they say they call me a Renaissance man, and it's like, you know, I do a lot of, you know, pencil work, I do music, I write, like, I do all that stuff, too, but I really love talking to other creatives, and just giving them the opportunity to share what they love to do. And I, I you know, the other thing is, uh, do you think that an artist has a responsibility to, uh, I'll, I'll go, this is real dramatic, but change the world or make a difference? Or do you think it's okay? Like Do we have that responsibility? Cause
1: well, I don't know we have a responsibility to change the world. But I think if you open a door, you should let someone else through. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you shouldn't walk through the door and then close it behind you. Right. That's just, I don't know if that's even right. Because someone opened the door for you to get into the room that you got into to get to the next door. Right. And, you you know, you didn't do it by yourself. I don't know if you can change the world, but you can change a person. Yeah. You You can change the world for someone else. I mean, I don't know if the, if you can change the entire world. I mean, right. I, I tell people all the time that less than 1% of 1% of all art ever created is still here. I mean, you think about the amount of art just from school that you got rid of.
0: Wow. You blew my mind at, with that. What? That less than 1% of 1% is still here? Like yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: Well, you really know it when you see street art. If you see street art, if you got a camera, you better photograph it. But guess what? It won't be there in two months. I know. <laughs> so,
0: well, in Philly, they have – I mean, there's a lot of street art in Philly, and Philly does have some amazing murals. But I know what you're talking about, the ones that get painted over. That is something you need to take pictures. I'm always yeah. taking pictures. If I'm in New York City or in Philly, I'm taking pictures of that stuff because you're right. That stuff's going to be gone.
1: Right. Uh, when I'm in New York, I take so many photos, now. Man, oh, god, yeah. I'm just running around photographing art everywhere because it's just like, oh, wow, look at this. Look yeah. at that. Look at that. You know, and you're in fact, uh, Pruitt Igo has a a video on YouTube called "Tag." If someone looks for that, look up Pruitt Igo Tag, and it's a whole video of nothing but street art.
0: Nice. The yeah, I'm gonna video, check
1: that out. And it's a, it's a song called "Tag," and the song is all about street art. That's what yeah. the, that's what it's all about. It's all about it's a song. It's a spoken word piece, and it's it's by far the most rock and and, and beat friendly piece Pruitt Igo's ever done. <laughs> Oh God! That's it's ridiculous. Yeah, but it's but you're called,
0: having a you're having a lot of fun. It seems. Uh, uh, everything you're, <coughs> excuse me, everything you're doing. It seems like you're having a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, man. Like I said, man. You know, once I once I crossed that threshold, where I decided, hey, I'm gonna go ahead and live. Yeah. I mean, I'm I haven't had a bad day, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had some bad things, mm-hmm. but even even the worst of them. Or okay. I mean, if I come out on the other side of it, it's okay. I, I'm That's cool with right. it. I well, mean,
0: yeah. I really loved having you on, Ted. You're very inspirational. And please, I'd love to have you come back. If you have more stuff to talk about, any any new artist or anybody you're signing for Puma Press? Uh, Puma. I am,
1: I am meeting with, uh, oh, God, I'm going to slaughter her name. I'm going to pull it up on my phone because I don't want to slaughter her name. Um, I'm meeting with this girl on saturday who wants to be a new author with puna press which i'm i'm always uh it's it's, okay here we go anastasia Mm defonzo i think that's right (laughs) i'm meeting with her on saturday at the book festival that i'm doing i'm doing a book fair in north park book fair on saturday and I'm meeting with her to discuss her book. She wants to do a book with Puna Press. She really wants to do something with Puna Press. And that's great. And I want to see her work. I've read a few pieces of her work, and they're really good. They're really, they're touching. And so anytime you can write something that arises an emotion in me, because mm-hmm. I'm sometimes not there, <laughs> and it's like, okay, all right, you know what, I, let's see what you got. I want to see yeah. the rest of your work.
0: That's and great. So, yeah. Yeah, and if you come out to the East Coast, send me an email so I can come out and, Check you guys, especially if your band's out here or if you're selling your comic, because, you know, I, I can't, I'm not going to, San Diego Comic-Con's <laughs> nearly impossible to get to. <laughs> I, I don't know, that, that became, that's like the Woodstock every year, like you. you
1: Dude, you know what, when we got a table in Comic-Con, I didn't even, I couldn't even believe it when it happened. Because as a poetry publisher, it's like, I'm going to get, the great thing, look, you know, I've always painted that edge between all the different art forms. hmm As you, you know, as I'm doing all these different things. So for me, it's like always just how do we not so much the word to cross over, but how do we draw that influence into our work? And and we made some art for one of my books called Barzilla that got into their art show. Nice. We sold out of the art three years in a row. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to apply for a table and see if I can get one and got one. That's and after that, I was like, all right, you know what? We got to stay in this, stay in this thing. One year I had to go to New York for an art exhibit and couldn't be my table and they didn't let me back in the next year. And I was just like, oh, man. Ugh. Then they let me back in, and I've never left since. I was like, okay, no. you taught me my lesson. <laughs> I won't leave again. I'm here forever now.
0: <laughs> that must be a blast, though, just being at that oh, Comic-Con.
1: Dude, it's so much fun. It's yeah. like, you know, the whole thing, my people, my people. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah. Because
1: yeah. Yeah. the people at, at, who come to Comic-Con, they also love all the different art forms. That's they right. They love all of it, you know. And again, you know, you got the comics, you got the animation, you got the music is there, yeah. the gamers. There's so many things there. It's all, it's all there. It's all really weird.
0: Yeah. It's right in your backyard, I guess, right? You're in San Diego.
1: It is in my backyard. That's and great. I, I went to it for years before I got in. Like I'm saying, I always went. It's just like, yeah. oh, man, one day. Yeah, my kids I'll, keep, day,
0: keep bothering me. Like, when are we going to San Diego? I'm like, look, man, it's, it's just to get out there. For myself, it would be an expensive trip take all my children with me <laughs> someday. That's on our bucket list, but all right. So, all right, Ted, again, thank you so much for putting some time. I know you're very busy, but I really appreciate you coming on, talking creativity with me and uh, let's keep in touch.
1: Hey man, thank you. And we'll stay in touch. Cause I, I like what you do. Like I said, I listened to your podcast when you had that one guy. And I was like, what the what? Wait a minute. I know. And then uh, also the girl who goes to take the photo, the gang photos. I was just like, wow. Oh
0: yeah. Brass rabbit. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, so, Right on, man. Yeah. All right, man. You're doing it. Thank All you. All right.
0: Thanks, Dad. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.